Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. To those guests who've just joined us, welcome. Our next stop is the Magic Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, we are approaching our station at the entrance to Main Street, USA, gateway to the seven theme lands of the Magic Kingdom. Welcome aboard the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. <laughs> this is Justin Monorail, and I am joined by my Monorail family. Across the table is... Samantha Monorail. The only one who introduces herself normally, Samantha <laughs> Monorail. And to Samantha's right, who knows the right and left is... Um, your sleep paralysis demon... Oh, great. That's scary. Yeah. It oh seems gosh. like that should be a Halloween-themed character for you. Eh. That's McKenna Monorail. And to my right... Chicken Nugget. Chicken Nugget. Back again. You you might have to change your name. We might have to um, review that because you've been eating a lot more burgers lately. I'm not going to call myself Burger Man. <laughs> <laughs> Burger Man Monorail. <laughs> That would be funny. <laughs> and we'll have to make new t-shirts for Landon. He can be godfather of Burger Man. <laughs> <laughs> that would be weird. Yeah. This is episode number 64 of the Monday Morning Monorail podcast. And today is July the 8th, 2019. Today we're going to bring you some news and notes from around the Walt Disney World Resort. We're going to have an M34D segment. And we're going to wrap it up with our review of the Villains After Hours Party at the Magic Kingdom, which we attended on Burger Man's birthday, July 1st, <laughs> <laughs> where he turned 14 and he earned his cape. Yay! Yeah. So we'll get to that shortly, but let's start out and just uh, talk a little bit about the parks. So we, you know, we've been taking a bit of an advantage of our passes and we've been going quite frequently. And I think I wanted to start it out with some of the things we experienced kind of for the first time recently. One of those being, I know Sam and Garrett, you guys have had a chance to do the Lightning McQueen Racing Academy, but McKenna and I had not. No. So we did do that. We got to see the full show. It was working. Mm -hmm. No no technical difficulties. And uh, we sat like right up in the front row. So we had a great view of Kachow himself. So McKenna, what did you think of the show? It was fun. I mean... It's not on my to-do list, but it was fun. But we to-did it. I know, like, if I go back, is it something I would focus on doing? Not really. I'd rather go do the aerial show where it sprinkles water on me so ah. I'm not so hot. <laughs> Plus, the queue for aerial is covered. Yeah, and you usually nice. are undercover when you're waiting on that next show. In the Lightning McQueen Racing it's Academy, there are umbrellas, but it is a, it's like you're standing in a skillet. Yeah, it's, it sucks. It was hot, and it was a hot day. It has been, like, the last week in Orlando has been super hot. I think most days the real field temperature has been over 100. Mm -hmm. And we were there, was it Saturday night or Sunday? I don't know what day it was. It was the weekend last weekend. Sunday. And, and uh, so, okay, we'll say Sunday. And 
whatever time, I think it was around four o'clock. It was like three or four o'clock when we were trying to go see Lightning McQueen. And it was super hot. Yeah, McKenna wore jeans. I did. She I was did. Wearing jeans. I miss wearing jeans. <laughs> I loved my jeans. Maybe they rest in peace. Yeah. I miss them. Please come back. So, what were your favorite parts of the show? Um, any part with the Mater in it? <laughs> and Mater shows up on the screens. There's like a wraparound screen that's just above the area where you'll see the stage for Lightning McQueen. So, it's about, I don't know, 25 feet up. There's a big wraparound screen where you get to see Mater. What's the green car's name? Because I only remember that he goes, Kachinga. Oh. Uh, it's Kachika. It's and a, his name is Chicka, Chick Chick Hicks. Um, but I like the part where he plays Lightning's Japanese commercial. Yeah, that was good. And don't don't give away spoilers of what happens in the show, although people can go figure it out. But yeah, you can yeah. look online. Probably, I mean, maybe the idea of the show is that we're all cars, you know, and we're showing up to Lightning McQueen's Racing Academy to learn from the best, this champion of races past. And uh, of course, when you can't do anymore, you teach, and that's what Lightning's doing now. And, and so, um, I think the animatronic is pretty cool. If you see pictures or videos of it, uh, I don't think it really does it justice. It's better to see in person and they make it look pretty animated, pretty interactive. He's looking around, rolling around, doing his signature ka-chow for the crowd. The kids loved it. Yeah. The kids that were in our theater went crazy for it. Yeah. They really, really liked it. Mm-hmm. I know you've talked about it before, Garrett, but what do you think of that show? Do you think it's pretty good? Yeah, I like it. As a 14-year-old now, do you think it's something that teenagers would like? Yeah, because we all like cars. Yeah. At least it's nostalgic for you guys. You grew up with that movie, so, yeah. I think it's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it is a time killer. It lasts, it, it's like 10 or 15 minutes worth of a show. Um, and it's nice to get into the AC once you're in there. Mm-hmm. They've got a nice little area outside where you can take pictures with crews. They've got a DJ playing some music. And there are cast members that interact with kids and play games and stuff and dance. It's a fun little area. And by the way, great views of the Hollywood Tower Hotel if you like yeah. to take pictures of the Tower of Terror. It's really a nice view back there. And you can see very clearly the Rock and Roller Coaster show building back there, which is pretty hidden unless you go just to that area. And it... Man, it's pretty big. It's huge. You realized how big that show building was. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that day we did that, and it was tough to get fast passes. So that was one of the things, you know. Of course, they're making changes to the fast passes at Hollywood Studios, and now, like, I think, I don't, I can't remember when it starts, but it's in anticipation of Galaxy's Edge opening. They're basically putting all the rides on Tier One, so you're only going to be able to get one advanced fast pass for one of the rides. And so you're going to have to maybe consider doing things like the Light McQueen Racing Academy or Voyage of the Little Mermaid because you're not going to be able to get into some of these rides unless you want to wait a couple hours. Ride the wait times for Rock and Roller Coaster and Tower of Terror have been consistently been over 80, 90 minutes. Yeah, well, two hours sometimes. Yeah. So if you're not willing to wait that long for those rides then you might want to check out some of the shows. And, and if you haven't seen it, I'd say see it once at least. And if you've got kids, I, I really think the kids will love that show. It's very cool. Yeah, it is cool. It's fun. It's funny. It kept me entertained. I'm an adult, or at least I play one on TV. <laughs> so I thought it was good. 
Well, one of the things, speaking of fast passes, we did not have fast pass for your favorite ride, which is the rock and roller coaster. I love the rock and roller coaster so much. So we decided to try out the single rider line. So let's talk about that for a minute. When we got into single rider, the standby wait was 80 minutes. So this is what I say about single rider. And I told you this. It's basically that time cut in half because they try to put as many people on there as they can, but they can't stick just single rider people on there. So it's going to take uh, like about half the time or maybe more. I don't, it's rare that you get on there in like 20 minutes unless the ride is like 30 minutes or 40 minutes for the wait. Yeah. And it turned out that in this case, that was certainly true. It took us about 40 minutes to get on Rock and Roller Coaster. But I will say, single rider seems to move much faster for Expedition Everest. Because yeah. we've seen the wait be over 60 to 80 minutes, and we've gotten in single rider and got on in like 20. Yeah. Yeah, I think that... Um, and sorry if you're a cast member for this ride, but I think the cast members at Everest have it down because I'm not so sure the rock and roller coaster people do. I see people sitting, even I've sit by myself before mm -hmm. and they didn't put a single rider beside yeah. me. It's like they, they definitely don't 100% fill up the trains. Right. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. In fact... They tell you when you go in the single rider line that your party is going to be split up. And I think that they, even if there is a chance where something might happen where you could sit with your party, because in our case that did happen, they won't let you. No, they don't want it So, at all. So Garrett actually was put on a train. So it went McKenna first and then Garrett was put on a train and then something happened. There was some confusion. So Garrett was going to end up getting on the train by himself. And I heard the cast member walk over and say, hey, we've got a single in row eight, which was Garrett. And I was the next person. So then there was some other ridiculousness going on with people who didn't know how to get on the ride. I don't know what was going on with them. So I said to the cast member who pointed out the opening, I said, can I just go over to lane eight? And she was like, sir, I need you to step back. They will tell you when it's your time to go. I was like, good girl. I just, all I was trying to do was fill the seat. Yeah, they, I, they don't want you sitting next to people you know. Yeah, so they went out of their way. They left a seat open just to basically split up our party. Yes. So just so you know that, yeah, that will happen. Yeah, they're, they're very, very brutal. And um, one time whenever I was on, like I did a fast pass, and there were these two girls that did a single rider. One was in front of me, and I just asked, do you guys want to switch, and you can ride together? And they were like, oh, okay. And I kind of got fussed out about that. But they didn't make us move. But yeah. they're really adamant about it. They don't want people in a single rider line to sit with their party. Which is silly. It's just well, a silly policy. I think yeah. they're kind of scared that people may take advantage of it. Because there are a lot of big groups that go to Hollywood Studios. I don't really see it as much in, you know, Animal Kingdom. Like the huge groups that are coming in. So maybe they're afraid if they just let everyone sit together that those giant groups are going to come through the line thinking they can get on the ride faster. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I don't, I don't know the reasoning. All I know is that Expedition Everest, it seems to work better. Yeah, it does. That's they, all I know. They need to cross train. Yeah. So, um, but that, what else did we, did we do anything else that was kind of a first time experience? I mean, we ate at the Backlot Express, which I think I've never eaten there before. I haven't either. Um, and we did try the Forky Eclair that McKenna could not have because it has chocolate. Garrett didn't like it because, what did you think? 
I don't want to steal orange, your words. The orange didn't fit. You didn't feel like the orange fit. Yeah. So that, that to you, it was too much orange, not enough chocolate, right? So what it is, it's an eclair. It's chocolate filled. And then it has an orange cream uh, icing on top of the eclair. And then they put a forky, it's like a chocolate candy on top of it. And I thought it was delicious. <laughs> now, if you like the flavors of orange and chocolate together, you're going to like it. It is pretty orange, but I, I don't know. I thought it was a good mix. I thought it was delicious. I would have tried it. I I think I would like the orange more than the chocolate. Yeah. So if it was very orangey, that would make me happy. It was. It was pretty orangey. And that's why Garrett didn't like it. So, yeah. yeah. I would get it again. I thought it was real good. Mm. If it was like vanilla and chocolate, then that'd be good. Yeah. But with orange, I don't think they go together. Yeah. There, a lot of people would disagree. Well, there are plenty of people who hate that combination, though. So. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you know those at Christmas, you can get those chocolate oranges? Yeah. Yeah. If you don't like those, I guess you wouldn't like this. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, those, oh, wait. We got to talk about our Star Tours experience. Oh, my gosh. Wait. Okay. I need to tell you something. Okay. When I went back with... Um, like to Hollywood Studios with Faith and Gracie. We, I went on Star Tours twice, once by myself, once with them, and we didn't get that. Okay. So you didn't get the combination of scenes that we got. Yeah, I got something different because I thought that that was going to be the thing for yeah. a while. So I was excited and I wanted them to see it. Mm -hmm. But then I got on by myself first and it wasn't like that. And I was wondering yeah. what what's going on. And then you wrote it with them and you still didn't get it. So I kind of have a theory, but continue. Okay, so let's tell our story first. So we did do Star Tours Fast Pass. Uh, we got over there and uh, walked pretty much right on. It was it was very quick. And we've ridden Star Tours quite a few times. And I've always wanted one of us, at least, to be the Rebel Spy. It's never happened. I, I think they typically pick someone who's like middle-middle. And they usually look for a kid. So if you're like in row three near the middle and it's a little kid... That's who's going to be the spy um, or someone younger anyway. But I've seen adults get picked, but it's rare. It's yeah. it's usually children. I would love to be the spy someday. That would that would be it. That would I be would the too. pinnacle. That would be great. <laughs> so, um, and typically when we've ridden Star Tours, it seems like we always get put in row five. Like we're always in the back. Um, so this time we got in there, we were put in row three and we were in kind of the middle of the row. And I was like, there's a chance. There's a chance it could happen. And so, uh, as we get on the ride, the first thing that happens is we were stopped by Kylo Ren, which I've never gotten before. You said you have, Sam. Yes. Okay. So, I'd never gotten Kylo Ren before. So, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and it, it's really neat. It's a, it's a cool uh, rendering of Kylo Ren. It looks, and, and I, like, I like his character, so that's fun. And then, of course, they show the Rebel Spy, and it was Garrett! It was Chicken Nugget himself was the rebel spy. I always knew it. <laughs> well, the stormtroopers knew it too. They did because you had that shirt on. It was a dead giveaway. Um, yeah, so that was super exciting. And and Garrett, like, <laughs> the, the, oh, I was trying to figure out too when they take the picture. When do you think they do that? Because it wasn't when we were seated. It looked like it was before we got into the ride. I think it's, well, I don't know. I don't think so. Doesn't he have his glasses on? No, he didn't. No? He didn't have his glasses on. I think on. it is. Um, you think it's in there? Yeah, I think it is when you're sitting. Maybe, but you didn't have your glasses on on the picture. Because I'm pretty sure you can see everyone around you. I'm pretty sure you can see everyone around you. 
in the picture. Hmm. Well, maybe, but but definitely he didn't have his glasses on. So that was the first thing. So already it was great, a great experience because we had a rebel spy. So that was good. But then we immediately go to Jakku. And we're doing the escape from Jakku scene. We're following the Millennium Falcon. Finn comes up on our monitor and talks to us. That was amazing. It was so good. I'd never seen that one before. No, I've not seen that. It was so cool. It was really, really good. It was fun. And then we go from there, and all of a sudden, we're on Crate, the salt planet. I've been there. Poe was there. And Poe, yeah, Poe was there talking to us. Oh, and I didn't even mention that our messenger was BB-8. He came on the hologram, and it was like, doing his weird noises. That was cool. Yeah. And then we ended, where did we, we landed, like, we finally landed, our last scene, where was it? It was at the galaxy's edge. It was. We landed on Batu. <laughs> that is cool. It's crazy. We actually saw, you know, the, uh, um, what like, the food truck kind of uh, spaceship that, that you can go get some of the food from in Galaxy's Edge. We saw it fly in and land, and C-3PO says to us something like, I feel like our adventures are just beginning. So, when we... So, you're crying. Yeah, I was, I was so excited. <laughs> I was. And uh, it was so... It, like, it, it really did um, kind of give me the goosebumps when we when we did that one. But I was like, we got all... It was all from the new trilogy. All of our scenes were from the new trilogy. All the characters were. And then it landed at Galaxy's Edge. So we thought for a second that maybe this was something they were doing leading up to the opening of Galaxy's Edge. Because it makes sense. You hop on Star Tours. It takes you to Galaxy's Edge. You can pretty much, you know, go from Star Tours, you know, on over to Galaxy's Edge. And then you're there. And it's kind of like a little introduction to the land. But what's your theory? So, me, I didn't do the Fast Pass when I went on. And, like, both times, we didn't do the Fast Pass. You know how they've been splitting up the lines? Mm-hmm. Like, they've been really splitting up the lines more than I remember them doing. Mm-hmm. So, they made me get over into the other lane, the one I've never been to before, to go um, right. You went right, yeah. I went right. I've never gone right. But all the Fast Pass people had to get in the left lane. Mm. So, maybe it's a Fast Pass thing. Oh, I see. Maybe I'll have, They're doing I have that. to test the theory yeah. out, but maybe. They're doing that special show for the Fast Pass people. Haven't they been strict about it, though? I feel like they've been getting on to people more about it. Well, I feel like the last time we did Fast Pass for Star Wars, and, and see, I got fussed at, because the last, the, the last time we did Fast Pass for Star Tours, once you go past the person that's like the gatekeeper for, all right, this many standby people, this many Fast Pass, you just you end up in a mixed queue. Yeah where everybody's just lined up. So I actually, once they put us on that last ramp leading up to the little scanner where it might say your name and where you're traveling from and all mm-hmm. that, um, I felt like you could kind of mix it up and kind of uh, just basically fill in the available space like they like you to do in most rides. This time, they, the last time we did it, they made sure to keep a defined line. And if you were fast pass, you're supposed to be on the left. And you go to the left, and standby went to the right. And I've it's never weird. seen them do that before. That is weird. So I'm thinking maybe it's a fast pass thing, but I don't know. Yeah, it could be. It could also, there is a small chance it could be a coincidence. It could yeah, be a coincidence. It could be a coincidence, but maybe we have to go and get Star Tours fast pass. I think we need to do another fast pass at Star Tours and see if we get that ride again, because that was very cool. You're twisting my arm here. <laughs> now, I mean, and I've, uh, I, whenever you guys weren't here yet, 
and it was whenever I met up with Ollie mm-hmm. at Hollywood Studios, we rode Star Tours, and there was a little bit of the new stuff sprinkled in, but not as much as you guys had, and it, it wasn't like that. All It wasn't all new trilogy and then landing at Galaxy's Edge. Right, and yeah. I remember that because when we were getting off, I was like, did you see that was the new planet, blah, 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 and he was like nerd (laughs) yeah the crate part was probably my favorite that was so cool yeah yeah it was really neat you get the red sand or salt or whatever it is all over your screen those little foxes are so yeah the The arctic foxes crystal crystal foxes yeah but i don't remember poe yeah he comes on and he he like he tells you to it's like star tours what are you doing yeah that whole thing that they usually do but then oh yeah but then like when you shoot the walker he's like Nice job, Star Tour. You know. See, I don't think I don't think I, that same exact thing was happening whenever I wrote it. Oh, but I was definitely on crate. <laughs> um, I want to say I can't remember. You don't remember shooting at a walker? We blew up. No, no, we I blew do. Up a walker. I do remember that, but I don't remember who talked to us, who greeted us. Like, surely who? it was Poe. I can't remember. Yeah, it would make it wouldn't make sense if it if it was anybody else. I guess it could have been somebody like uh, Rose or Finn or somebody. I just don't remember. That's yeah. all. But it was very good. So that was exciting. Um, and I took up pretty much all of our first segment time talking about things we've been doing. But I did want to say, we've been talking about it. Takumi Tei, the new signature dining in the Japanese pavilion of Epcot, is open. It suddenly opened. No one knew. <laughs> there was no, like, coming soon announcement. It's just like, by the way, it's open. Uh, so we need to go try this out. I really want to. So I'm thinking that that's something we are probably going to have to do very soon. I like food. Yeah. And Japanese food. And this place looks so good. It's upscale dining, including, tell me how to say these words, Prixfix, P-R-I-X-F-I-X-E. Is it prefix? How do you no, say that? I don't know. Prefi? Tasting menu? I think you know better than I would. I don't would. know. <laughs> and there's a chef's table experience. Nice. Highlights of the menu include Wagyu beef, sushi, sashimi, unique desserts, signature cocktails, and premium sake. Yeah. The pre-fee menu is priced at $130 per guest <laughs> with an optional $75 wine and sake pairing. Oh. So you can pay $205 a person if you do all that? Is that what they're saying? Because that's insane. Yeah. Uh, we're not doing no, that. No, we're not going to do that. <laughs> Open for dinner from 4 p.m. to 9. Reservations available from July 16th. So I guess now it's just walk up. Yeah. For now. Interesting. Yeah. Let's go walk up. Yeah. Uh, And then lastly, I just wanted to say, as we were talking about Star Wars, I guess I should have placed this a little bit better. There's a little more information coming out about the pass holder preview for Galaxy's Edge. Ooh. According to the Disney site, Platinum, Platinum Plus, and Premier pass holders will have the opportunity to register for a preview of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge on select dates and times in August. Email invitations with registration details will be sent out very soon. And if you're an eligible pass holder and would like to register a guest to accompany you, that guest must also have a valid Platinum, Platinum Plus, or Premier annual pass and be listed on your family and friends. So uh, there you go. So that's, I mean... So we can only do one other person? Then they have to be a Platinum but I'm saying, like, we can't do our family of four. Well, I think what we would do is you and I both would have to register, it sounds like. I don't think we'd be able to register all four of us. Okay. Yeah. So we're both going to have to get in there and register two people. 
Any uh, estimated date on when they're releasing these, or do I need to keep refreshing my email? Yeah, we're gonna have to keep watching those emails because as soon as it comes out, we're gonna it's gonna be like a starter pistol. Yeah, you better get in there and get registered because it's gonna be crazy. You better text me if you see it first. Yeah, same. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up segment one today. Let's take a little break. Head on over to M340. And when we come back, we're going to tell you all about the Disney Villains After Hours event at the Magic Kingdom. (laughs) We'll be back. Welcome back to the monorail. This is the Disney Deep Dive with the Dawes. And joining me, as he does almost every week, it should be every week, we try, is Landon, the Dawes Dome, number one in your hearts. Landon, welcome back to the monorail. Always fun to be coming from the uh, fun V that is otherwise known as the humdrum V that is Monday Morning Monorail. Buddy, I'm super excited to be joining you because uh, this week is special because I get to come down to your neck of the woods. That's right. And we're so excited. You're coming down uh, Thursday morning, and we're going to be doing some park hopping and some riding, some drinking. We're going to be having a good time. All of the above, and uh, be sure to follow hashtag Dawes Does Disney on the Twitter. I will, I will be uh, bringing back that hashtag, and uh, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, I won't get sun poisoning this time. <laughs> You're going to stay hydrated. You're going to stay make hydrated sure. <laughs> and stay sunscreened. Yeah, that's <laughs> all right. All the time. That's right. And Even maybe- if I happen to get on a 10 plus minute log flume esque ride, I will still be rocking the sunscreen. <laughs> yeah, well, you better put on waterproof sunscreen if you're going to be riding a 10 plus minute log flume style ride. And, uh, you know, speaking of that. There, there happens to be a ride such as the one you described over at the Magic Kingdom, and I say we talk about it today. Why don't we? Hey, how about it? I am the Sultan of Segways. Let's do this. <laughs> well, today, as we have been doing for so many weeks before this, we are going to be taking you through a deep dive. I did air quotes there of a Magic Kingdom attraction. We are finished with all the day one attractions, and now we're starting to work our way through some of the attractions that were built throughout the years. And this is one that was actually built in our lifetime. I can remember it opening. And uh, I wasn't there opening day, but I went pretty soon after it opened. And I was so excited to ride it because it looked so freaking cool. And we are, of course, talking about one of the three mountains of the Magic Kingdom mountain range, Big Space Splash Mountain. Big Space Splash Mountain. <laughs> Just combining all three, running them into each other. Zippity doo dah. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, of course, you get a fancy souvenir for free when you ride it because the Ziploc will hand you a bag to protect your electronics. That is true. Um, they're pretty cool little Ziploc bags. We've got a few of them floating around the house now because we're not ones to throw away free souvenirs. Uh, <laughs> no, I get that. I mean, like, I've, I've seen how your old house was, so I'm aware of that. Yeah. <laughs> I can only hope yeah. for what your new house looks like. And uh, unlike some 
water rides that you may have experienced in the past, you know, you'll see, you'll always see the signs that say either you may or you will get wet. You're going to get wet on Splash Mountain. Yeah, there is no may. By the way, we're talking about Splash Mountain, not Big Space Splash Mountain. <laughs> that, that, that doesn't exist for those of you playing along. But yeah, there is no you may. You will get wet when yeah. you ride Space Mountain, period. <laughs> it's going to happen. And they say it's a lot worse than the front. I, I tend to agree with that because you're getting the waves of when you go down the dips and the big splash, you don't really like have a wave that goes over you, but, but definitely the, pr- the previous three dips that you experience, there's kind of a wave that hits your boat, depending on how heavy you are, will determine kind of dips down <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah, bring how, it on. how much, how much water you actually take on. But I experienced the last time we rode splash mountain. Um, there's an area where you're just totally innocent, just kind of, coming around a bend outside and there may be they've amped up the cannons that that happen when they fire the water as you go down the big drop and if you are just an innocent bystander in a boat nowhere to run you may get drenched by one of You're those water cannons not drenched drenched yeah. <laughs> and that happened it felt like someone dumped a bucket of water on my head and it was that was just on a leisurely turn around a corner i got drenched. well that reminds me of uh when we were doing the bracketology for uh for the attractions uh uh, Jenny mentioned that one point in the Pirates of the Caribbean where she's just like, ho-hum, riding along and bloosh, <laughs> yeah. a big old cannon explodes right next to her. So I'm glad to see that Pirates yeah. of the Caribbean is now influencing, uh, influencing Splash Mountain. I guess, you know, it's it's one of the ways they feel like they can plus the ride. You're like, you know, it's been a few years. Let's let's turn that water cannon up about, uh, I don't know, 100 pounds. Let's put the fear of Walt back in these people. <laughs> 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 but but yes, this ride is. I, I still you know I enjoy it. I think it's got a classic soundtrack uh, based on you know a classic Disney film. Maybe somewhat controversial, but definitely from oh oh history. god, we're we're gonna have to talk about Song of the South. Thank God I am prepared. I brought me some uh, some uh, liquid courage. If we're having to talk about Song of the South, oh my god, we're gonna talk about. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about it from like 10,000 feet up because I don't really. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, okay. All right. Whiskey's going back behind the screen. <laughs> don't really want to get into all of that today. It's it. And you know, there are people on both sides of it. That's that feel it's either highly offensive and those that are like, well, it was of the time and it wasn't meant to be. Okay. Let's just, let's not even. We're, we're not going to pick a side. We're just going to say this ride was based on characters from Song of the South. That's so a what fact. you're saying is we're not picking a side much like the log flumes. We're going right down the middle of the river. And and the character that spawns a lot of the controversy of that ride is not included nope. in in this ride. Um, he, he was removed, and instead we have a bluebird that helps uh, kind of move us along in the story. Or um, a frog, depending or a frog. on... Uh, where you're riding this attraction. Yeah, you're right. So anyway, uh, we're going to use Disney's method of trying to stay away from the touchy parts (laughs) of what's going on here. And we're just talking about the good stuff. Yeah. So let's talk about the soundtrack. Let's talk about the animation. Let's talk about the animatronics and then everything else. We're just going to conveniently ignore. That's right. (laughs) All right, before we get too far into it, let's describe in a little more detail what we're actually talking about here. So, like we said, it is a log flume ride, and I will describe it as Disney does from the Walt Disney World website. 
Are you going to use the voice whenever whenever you read from the I, website? I don't think I will for this one. Um, no prospector, no pirate. We're just and I can't do a brayer rabbit. <laughs> so, <laughs> aren't you from the south? You should have that one in your back pocket. Come I, on, dude. Yeah, I know that's it's a little too far south for me, I guess. Um, Disney calls this a hair raising ride. Gently drift through a colorful southern bayou along with happy-go-lucky Br'er Rabbit as he looks for his laughing place. But be warned, Br'er Bear and Br'er Fox are in hot pursuit of this wayward hare. Glide by over a hundred adorable audio-animatronic geese, frogs, raccoons, possums, bees, alligators, and other down-home critters as they sing classic Disney ditties including Zippity-Doo-Dah and Everybody's Got a Laughing Place. Then hang on to your hats. This delightful musical cruise ends in an exciting five-story splashdown into a thorny briar patch. You will get wet. The ride includes 950,000 gallons of water. Yeah, that's a lot of water. It seems like a lot. Yeah, I was going to say. Nearly a million gallons of water on this ride. With that many gallons of water, you are bound to get wet. I mean, yeah. that's that's just statistics facts. It- Statistic facts. It is. And, you know... <laughs> You know, one of the that's a t-shirt too. Yeah. One of the things that I've said in the past about some of the other rides, and and I know maybe not on this segment, but I've talked before about Kali River Rapids and how if I wanted to ride a if I wanted to ride a, a rampage style uh, boat ride, we've got that at Dollywood in in Tennessee, um, and I expect Disney to bring me a little bit more than than just a carnival ride or a ride I can ride anywhere else in the world. This one, while it is a flume ride, it does take it up to that Disney level. Um, it from really the, does. Yeah, from the animatronics, the storytelling, the music, and yeah, it is a flume ride, and at the end of the day, you're going to drop down a five-story drop, and you're going to get wet, but in the meantime, they're going to distract you with like happy singing <laughs> animals <laughs> from the bayou who make you forget that you've got doom waiting for you at the top of a mountain. <laughs> I mean, right up until they remind you, because there are two vultures that are practically yeah. just doing the Nelson Muntz ha-ha at you as you <laughs> ratchet up a 50-foot drop and then go plummeting down. But it's like, it's interesting you talk about how you want more than just a carnival ride when it comes to Disney. It, it's like, in doing some research for this episode, that was one of the things that a lot of the Imagineers ran into because I forget the name of the president at the time, not Michael Eisner. We will be getting to him, but um, the Bob the Iger. Pres- no, no, was it did- Iger. No, no, it was like something that made me laugh whenever I heard his. Okay, <laughs> okay. But regardless, he he wanted a log flume type ride to combat the, you know, heat that Mm. park goers were dealing with, whether it be in California or in Florida. But a lot of the Imagineers pushed back because it's like you said, I mean, with Collie River Rapid, you can go anywhere and get that experience. It's like what you're just going to install a log flume. You can go anywhere to get that experience. And I believe it was uh Theme Park History on YouTube, uh, one of their videos, they talked about how that president was going to use pretty much just a carbon copy of one from Coney Island, which mm. is you go up, go around, you go down. Yeah, That ain't Disney. Mm-mm. You can go literally anywhere to get that experience. So the compromise that the Imagineers had with him was, okay, we'll do a we'll do a log flume ride, but we're going to do it our way. We're gonna we're gonna give you, like you already mentioned, the the, the soundtrack. We're gonna give you the animatronics. We're gonna tell you a story as you go through this because we already alluded to this. At least on the East Coast, this is an eleven plus minute ride. Yeah, this tells you a story. This isn't just 
zippity doodah, for the lack of a better term, up a mountain than down. Right. This is more than just a log flume. It is. It is more than just a log flume. That should be. Why is that not their slogan for Splash Mountain? Disney, if you're listening. Come on. Hello. (laughs) Also, I am open to voiceover and any sort of commercial work. (laughs) I think the name you might have been looking for was Dick Nunes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he insisted. Yeah, that was him. Yeah, he insisted the Imagineers create a log flume, and it was it was actually uh, Imagineer Tony Baxter, who we've been talking about quite a bit yep. recently, who came came up with his this idea uh, for putting something in in Bear Country um, over in Disneyland because it did open in Disneyland first. It did. Which, it, by the way, like I know this is you know hindsight being twenty twenty. The reason. They couldn't get many people in that area. It's named Bearland. <laughs> it's either a land of four bears specifically or a land of nothing but bears. Yeah. Not a good combo for humans because as Dr. Stephen Colbert has already said, the number one threat to America, bears. Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. Taking it over to another <laughs> totally different <Michael>. reference. <laughs> <laughs> But you're right, yeah. Um, people, they wanted to draw traffic back into bear country. They had country bear jamboree back there, but not a lot of uh, other things that were pulling the crowd. So what they decided to do was actually make use of the animatronics from America Sings and put those into this log flume ride. So repurposing some animatronics that they'd already built. And why not? Why, why make them go to waste? You've already got a lot of money and time put into those animatronics, and it works well because we needed critters to populate this uh, this land that Briar Rabbit lives in, in the bayou. I don't know if they call it anything else specifically other than the bayou. Um, so, yeah, that I don't know. Yeah, they actually started construction at the Disneyland version in 1987. And um, here's something that's pretty crazy. I, I read this. The entire Disneyland Park budget in 1955 was $17 million, which if you translate that into uh, like 88, like 1980, late 80s budget, it's about $80 million. Splash Mountain, the budget kept growing and growing and growing as these things typically do. The budget was $75 million for for Disneyland. (laughs) Oh my God. What? Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. Wow. Mm-hmm. So they had a lot riding on this attraction. Yeah. Literally and figured it. Holy crap. So this is part of why they decided to also close down America Sings and reuse some of those <laughs> animatronics. Because we are broke now that we built this giant mountain. Come on. That's right. Uh, Tony Baxter's first idea was a concept called a Zippity D River Run, which incorporated scenes from Song of the South. And then later they changed the name to Splash Mountain because Michael Eisner wanted to do some co-promotion and there was a movie coming out at that time called splash (laughs) this is so insane but at the same time when you hear it out loud it's like yeah that's something eisner would definitely would have done like like he wanted that cross promotion and because he had a movie that was popular at the moment like i am glad that the engineers because of pushed back or imagineers excuse me pushed back on this because originally there was supposed to be some sort of mermaid, maybe yeah. a model of the mermaid from the movie Splash as some sort of tie-in. But the Imagineers are like, okay, you've gone too far. <laughs> you are drunk with power. Settle down there, Michael Eisner. And, and I, like, I, though I am going to bag on him for that, I do have to give him credit for insisting that the name be Splash Mountain. 
because Splash Mountain just sounds a iconic. Yeah. And it also lines up with Space Mountain. It lines up with Big Thunder Mountain. We talked yeah. about it a uh, couple weeks ago. And then on the flip side, it's not Zippity Doo River Review <laughs> Escapade Jubilee. It's like, that's a terrible name. Yeah. I get you're going for the Zippity Doo tie in, but Zippity Don't would be my <laughs> suggestion for that idea. Yeah. Just, yeah. Sometimes I the, told you we were going to get back to Michael Eisner. I think they outsmart themselves for sure. Um, I. Yeah, I'm glad they went with Splash Mountain. You're right. And and when exactly what you said, I want to echo Splash Mountain just sounds iconic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Zippity D River Run sounds questionable. Yeah, that sounds like a ride. It's like I hear that even if I know what the attraction entails. Yeah, I'm not going to get on that. Well, yeah. Imagine, you know, you're there with your friends. Guys, you want to go ride Zippity D River Run, and they don't know what you're talking about. And they're like, "No, I don't." Like, Crap, Landon has Landon's had another heat stroke. Come on. <laughs> you say Splash Mountain though, on a hot day. I know it, you know everybody's on board. California gets gets well, hot. Southern California gets hot. Florida, come on, Orlando. We need to be doused sometimes so that you know it put the flames out a little bit. And so, yeah, yeah. There's something wrong with the uh, weather down in your part of the world. <laughs> Let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> it's been storming like crazy lately. Yesterday, our plans were totally ruined by evening storms that lasted all night. But I'm just going to tell you, I love thunderstorms. Thunderstorms are crazy here. They're insane. <laughs> well, what did you expect? I mean, you saw how uh, humanity acted outside of Florida. And then you go to Florida where there's just a layer of Florida on everything. So why wouldn't the weather be all Florida? We, we have angered the gods by too much celebrating, as the Tiki Birds would say. Yeah, y'all are having way too much fun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so in a thunderstorm, you're not going to be able to ride Splash Mountain. But on the sunny days where they go heat, ride uh, Expedition Everest. Yeah, there you go. The heat index gets well over 100. Uh, you you know, sometimes getting a bucket of water on you from a water cannon is a is a welcome thing. Um, and then you have to walk around a park in wet socks for four hours. Hey, this is why I'm going to give him a shout out. We haven't talked about him in a little while. Drunk Stormtrooper has it figured out. You got to wear those Crocs. If you're wearing the Crocs around the parks, you don't have to worry about wet feet. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> then, well, then I have to ask myself as a single man, am I going to put myself in Crocs? Because that pretty much just uh, disqualifies me from uh, interacting with the opposite <laughs> sex at that point. I mean, it, it, it's a trade-off. I'll have to think about Unless it. you've got that drunk stormtrooper charisma. It works out for you. Uh, well, you know, he is one of a kind. He and is. not Rob Van Dam. <laughs> um, so it did open at Disneyland. Splash Mountain opened at Disneyland in 1989. It took a few more years before it opened at the Magic Kingdom in Walt Disney World. And it ended up opening, uh, soft openings in July of 92 with official openings in October of and leading up to this open, Jay, I want you to hit that secret oh. that I send you oh, because boy. leading up to the open, Disney had some interesting commercials. One of them being wanting America's first splashed or splashed or not, you know, play on astronaut and splash. Uh, turned out to be Ernest P. Worrell. Oh, boy. Shout out to uh, Jim Barney. But they also had this gym of a commercial that I sent to Jay. So, uh, Maestro, if you will. 
that you put a link in the description of this episode so everybody in the audience you've already heard the audio excellence you need to see the you visual really excellence that is the Splash Mountain rap it is the 80s personified it's young people <laughs> dancing for no reason um, garish neon colors as far as the eye can see everybody is high on cocaine yeah. I mean it is 80s in a late, minute 49 yeah, seconds yeah late 80s early 90s for sure yeah. that that was that was something. Thank you for sharing that, Jim. Holy moly. Hey. Yeah, that's uh, that's my contribution, so I'm going to go ahead and hit the plugs. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's all you can say. Um, I I don't really know what to say about it other than I think you, you all, you've heard it, but like Landon said, you need to see it. So I will put the link in the it's description. Amazing. Yeah, go oh check that God. out. And if that when the guys start opening with their with their pick hammer dance moves, that was great. Yeah, dancing with pickaxes, that <laughs> that was something. <laughs> wow! Um, and actually, you know, when they show the they showed the uh, the boat going down the drop, it looks like there is no water, and it lo- it looks like it's just a dry run somehow of sending. It I down. was curious because I I thought that I thought that too, but also when they're going down, they do have like costumed characters, so yeah. Maybe it was a dry run. Maybe they don't want to get them drenched. But I guess I did notice that too. That was interesting, uh, to say the very least. So now my memory is not one hundred percent accurate, but what I can tell you is I rode this ride not long after it opened. It probably was the summer of ninety three, uh, and I can remember when we arrived at Magic Kingdom. This was. Gosh, I don't know when they started fast passes, 
that's something to that's something probably I could Google. When did when did fast passes start at the Magic Kingdom? But I, well, I'll just tell you, we didn't have fast passes uh, for Splash Mountain, and uh, uh, we ended up arriving to a it it was at least two and a half hour, if not a three hour wait for Splash Shoo. Mountain. Ugh. Yeah, and, and I mean, like we already talked about. They do have the ability to get people in and out of that ride, but still, the attraction itself is eleven plus minutes. So, mm-hmm. oof, they, that, ooh. yeah, they run a lot of boats through there, but it's especially when the line's that long. You're waiting outside. You're not. You're not inside. Very little yes. of this queue is indoor. Um, they just wrap you around these little trails and switchbacks that have, there are some trees and there's like, they've got, uh, birdhouses and stuff. And if you listen, you like, you can hear animals like talking and singing in the, in the birdhouses and the, the different trees and everything. Yeah. That's all well and good, but it's not going to give you shade. No, it doesn't give you any shade, but maybe a little bit of a distraction, or maybe you just think that you're having a heat stroke. I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I heard birds at some point on my last trip. But. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> cuckoo, cuckoo! Like you got yeah, hit in the head much. with a hammer. <laughs> Amazing! Wait, no, that's a different type of songbird. Never mind. Uh, but but yeah, we waited a very long time for this ride. Um, and the good the good news is nowadays you can wait two hours for something like Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, which is like a ninety minute attraction or ninety second attraction, ninety minute. <laughs> Well, no wonder you're waiting two hours. Yeah, ninety second attraction where you you might come off feeling like it was a bit of a waste of time if you waited that long for it. Uh huh. Um, this one, I felt like at least you got your money's worth because it is one of the longer attractions. I mean, aside from going to one of the shows, this is one of the longer rides that you can do in all of Walt Disney World. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you, you got to take out Universe of Energy, which is like a forty five minute attraction back in the day. Um, when it was still open, but, but yeah, it was long. So you, you did feel like you got your money's worth. There's a lot to see. It's really fun. And then, and then at the end of it, after standing out in the sun for three hours, you probably wanted a bucket of water dumped on you at the time. So, so all of it, all of it worked well. And and I remember loving it from the first time that I wrote it. Um, I, I remember feeling a bit nervous about the drop, but as I said, I was a Dollywood veteran at this part. I've done log <laughs> flumes. Log flumes weren't going to scare me off, so so that was okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been a fan of this since since my first interaction with it. Landon, do you remember your first experience with Splash Mountain? I don't remember my first interaction with it, but I have been a fan since day one. But it's not necessarily an attraction that I feel like I have to hit every time I'm at Walt Disney World only because I don't want to roll the dice and have to walk around, like I said, with wet socks for four hours. Because, I mean, like we said, I know it says, well, no, we thought it said you may, but no, you said when you were reading it off of the website, you will get wet. And, I mean, I know there's some theories like uh, sit further back if you don't want to get drenched, but still, it's like... it, It... In my mind, it's one of those roll of the dices. I know I'm going to have a fun time when I'm riding this attraction, but do I want to roll the dice and possibly put the rest of my day kind of in a damp, for the lack of a better term, spot? Because it's like, like you said, when you've been standing outside for, you know, seven hours and 100 plus heat, it feels nice when you get just head to toe drenched. 
But then you got to walk around in your drenched clothes and your drenched socks and shoes. So, shoes and socks, those are the big issue yeah. for me. Yeah, it's I agree. Like, and it's like, I would put this in Disney 101, but I would be hesitant to say this is something you have to do. Yeah. And because, I get where you're coming because, from. Because if, if, if you get splashed wrong, that in theory could just wreck the rest of your day. Mm-hmm. And by the way, don't go send me some weird iTunes review just because I said I didn't like it. <laughs> and I don't I don't think anyone's gonna take it like you didn't like it. I think that I think what you're what you're saying, your points are well made in that you just have to be aware. You're you're gonna get wet and wet feet really can ruin wet socks. Are you kidding me? You pretty much you need to go back to the hotel if you got wet socks. Yeah, because you're in blister territory at yeah. that point. Yeah. I have made the mistake one time of uh first thing I did when I went to Six Flags at over Georgia. Uh, we rode one of those. Ah, it's, it's interesting you say Six Flags over Georgia. We might be looping back around to that before we hit uh, hit the dough. Okay, so um, Six Flags over Georgia. I rode a, some sort of a river raft rampage type adventure, and this one, if you've never been there, and I don't know if it's still open now, but it used to go literally part of the boat would go under waterfalls. <laughs> so like it wasn't like a little bit of oh you're gonna get splashed no if you go under the waterfall you might as well have jumped into the water because you're you're drenched 100 percent. and our boat got lodged under the waterfall oh my god and i was one of the people under the water they actually had to have employees come push the raft out from under the waterfall because we were stuck so i have never ever oh my god been that wet in my life like even in the shower i don't get that wet <laughs> and uh that was the first thing we did that day so for the rest of the day i had wet shoes and socks and by the time we left the park because i was a kid and you know i was actually on a church trip so there was no way for there's nothing i could do yeah th- yeah there was no room you could go back to yeah um so we stayed the whole day and by the time we got back to the room my feet looked like raisins and and they hurt for probably a week like after that. So, yeah. Now, that's an extreme example, but it is true. You don't want to be walking around all day in wet shoes and socks because something like that can happen to you. And, and it's like, like we said at the top of this segment, at the end of the week, I'm heading down your way and I'm going to be uh, park hopping and stuff like that. And I've had my uh, fast passes booked for 30 days out because, you know, I'm not staying on property. I am doing Splash Mountain by Fast Pass on my last day, and that is my last scheduled Fast Pass. Just go. because I do want to experience Splash Mountain, but if I do, you know, roll the dice and end up wet, I don't want it to be like, okay, well, okay, I get to sit around for an hour and forty-five minutes for Space Mountain, and then you know, I'm going to hang around for fireworks and stuff mm-hmm. like. So it's like I've thought this, yeah, in theory that far ahead, but it's like. I'm torn because I love everything about this ride from the theming, the way it looks, the ride itself, the animatronics. I love everything about it, except the fact that it can ruin yeah, your day. Exactly. Well, I Other think than that, it's amazing. You mentioned Jenny earlier from the Disney DNA podcast, Trent and Jenny. Shout out. Go listen if shout you haven't out. already. Subscribe on all the things, but uh, a very good show. But but when we had them on for the March Madness show, Jenny talked about, we all love pirates, but if you were if you knew you were going to get soaked on pirates, would you ride it? I, I mean, honestly. Mm. 
Like I would definitely be thinking about it. Yeah. That, 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 that would give me some hint, which yeah. I mean, clearly that is the same hesitation that I'm having yep. in this instance. Right so, here. so there you go. I think what you're saying is, is very valid. By the way, FastPass was introduced in late 1999. So there was not even an option in 93 for FastPass. No, um, not unless you are a time traveler, which at that point you have way bigger fish to fry. Yeah. Someday we ought to talk about the history of FastPass. Maybe that would be a good Disney deep dive with the Dawes is to talk about paper FastPass and what it was like back in those days. Or even I'd before, be down for that. even before when it was just Wild West and you just had to go line up for things. God, uh, savages, <laughs> gross. <laughs> yeah, yeah, might be a good one for the future. But uh, but I think our, we've used up our allotted time for the day. Is there anything you wanted to say before we wrapped up the segment? There is one thing that I wanted to uh, make reference to. I said we would be circling back, maybe because we're on a log flume. And, you know, when you go forward, you eventually go back to that point Uh, of Six Flags over Georgia. There are some people that theorize that Splash Mountain got a lot of its inspiration from a log flume dark ride called the Tales of the Okefenokee. Yeah. Uh, tells the tales of Mr. Bear, Mr. Fox, and Mr. Rabbit. Of course, this is uh, loosely based on the same books that uh, Song of the South and then Splash Mountain are based on. So I did think it was interesting. I gave him a shout out last week. I want to do it again. Defunct Land mm. has a very good video about this. I think it's titled like the the scary history of Splash Mountain that has some video of the old school tales of the Okefenokee ride and uh, Tony Baxter or T to the B uh, in said video. Uh, they um, Kevin Perger, the guy that hosted, said a fan asked him if he'd ever heard of it and when he heard tales of the Okefenokee, he lit up because he enjoyed going on that yeah. ride before Splash Mountain ever came about. So if you are a fan of Splash Mountain, check out that video uh, and check out the history of the Tales of the Okefenokies because you yeah. might be able to see where they get some ideas that we now see in Splash Mountain. That's a great shout out. And I have watched that video twice because it's really, really good. It's so, and then yeah. like, I, I had no idea. It's like, like the people that do the HR puffing stuff came in and had a, had a go at this attraction. So you get to see some really drug induced, trippy animatronics. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Go check that out. And, and it's sad that that ride closed because it, it was, it was pretty amazing. Um, and, and it was almost like, a, like you said, it was almost like an acid trip version of what we have in Splash Mountain today. Um, and and then it's it's funny because they start talking about things like the it's like the Monster Mansion and a couple other things that that I've ridden at at Six Flags Over Georgia. Yeah, what it's since become. Yeah, uh, which by the way, it was based in Confederate land. Yeah, it was. It was again. We're Yikes. not going to talk too much about that. Oh but, wait, crap! Yeah, I brought it back up. I got to start drinking whiskey again because <laughs> I, I can't deal with this. I'm sorry. Well. After you have your podcasting juice, it's time to do some plugs. So, uh, so Landon, oh, yeah. tell people where they can find you. <laughs> L-A-N-D-O-Z, please go follow me, Landon Doan. I'm the best, Landon Doan, not the rest. That's where you can follow me, 280 characters at a time. Even though it hasn't been updated, I'm still going to plug it. I also run a website, buttmunchchips.com, buttmunchchips. Well, sit on your butt and munch. Nice. That's where you can find a bunch of old podcasts, uh, such as Near Fall Radio, if you're a fan of the Sweet Science Professional Wrestling. Uh, if you like Game of Thrones talk, we have 
Game of Thrones talk, a.k.a. Got Talk, where myself, Hunter East, and cousin Kevin of the Monday Morning Monorail breaks da- break, uh, break down each episode of HBO's award-winning, quote-unquote, series, Game of Thrones. We have a, a complete run of Season 7 and almost all of Season 8. We might not finish Season 8, if I'm being completely honest, just because the finale left that bad of a taste in my mouth. Oh, and I'm also on the Phil Show on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. <laughs> I was waiting for it. <laughs> Very good. News Talk 98.7.com. Down hard, uh, download the iHeartRadio app available in the iTunes and Google Play Store if you want to stream me 6 to 10 a.m. Monday through Friday. Eastern time, of course. And uh, also, check it out on Twitter. Hashtag Dawes does Disney, D-O-Z does Disney, uh, because that will be getting some traction this week as well. Yeah, maybe some videos, definitely some pictures. You're going to do some – I know you, you, you said maybe you overdid the, the live streaming the last time you did it, but um, maybe I can help you out with that, especially on Friday because I'm hoping to join you on Friday and we'll – Okay, yeah, yeah raise you, can, you can definitely help me with that. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to raise all kind of cane and hopefully not end up in Disney jail. Yeah, I do not want to go to Disney jail. That is on my list of things not to do. In fact, I do have a list of things not to do. Let me show oh, it Oh, let's to go you. over it. It is, don't go to Disney jail. <laughs> That's the other thing on my list. Okay. All right. Well, Landon, I look forward to seeing you this week. Have a safe trip. And, of course, I'll see you right back here in seven days. Okay, bye-bye. Welcome back to the Monorail. Hope you enjoyed M34D today. We were talking a little bit about Splash Mountain. Hope you didn't get too wet. Wear your ponchos. That's a good point. We didn't even say that. You could wear ponchos when you ride Splash Mountain. That could save you a little bit. All right. So, on July 1st, we bought tickets. Well, not on July 1st. We bought the tickets beforehand. But on July 1st, we went to the Disney Villains After Hours Party at the Magic Kingdom. This was a celebration for Chicken McNugget's 14th birthday, and it was a lot of fun. It really was. So let's start talking about it. So we arrived just, we were like right at 7 o'clock, which is when you can start getting into the Magic Kingdom if you only have the Villains After Hours ticket. So the party goes from 10 to 1, but you're allowed to enter the park at 7. So if you want to get in a little bit early, you can actually make fast pass reservations from seven to 10. And uh, we did do that. Mm -hmm. We took advantage of a little fast pass opportunity and we did that. But then from 10 to one, you don't need the fast passes. So we got in first thing we went over to uh, Fantasyland. Was that, wasn't that the first thing we did or did we, what did we do? Cause we had Peter Pan fast passes. Yes. So well, actually, we ate. Oh, first. we ate first. Oh, that was a new thing we didn't talk about yet. We yeah. went. Yeah, we went to Cosmic Rays. Number one, Sunny Eclipse is missing. It's terrible. Can we please put an APB out for Sunny Eclipse because he is gone? I don't know if he's like in the studio preparing for Galaxy's Edge and maybe he's going to play some shows there or what's going on. But right now, he is not appearing at Cosmic Rays, and that makes me very stressed. Yeah, yeah. he wasn't there. <laughs> I wasn't with you guys. Right. But whenever Garrett told me about that when we met up later, it was not good. Right. It's not good. It made us sad. 
So hopefully he'll be back soon. Maybe it's just a regularly scheduled refurbishment, but for now he's not there. But in terms of new experiences, Garrett decided he would really like to try the Mickey burger. And this is part of the Mickey's birthday celebration bash that they have this special burger at Cosmic Rays. It comes with um, a bun that has a Mickey, like a toasted Mickey bun that has his image on the top of it. I put pictures on our They branded the bun. They branded it. Yeah, they branded it. It comes with macaroni and cheese on the burger. It comes with Cheetos that are broken up on the macaroni and cheese, and we're pretty sure they're the um, the fire. the fire Cheetos. Ooh, yeah, and there's bacon, and there's bacon, and uh, man, it like all good stuff. Who doesn't love any of those ingredients? So Garrett and I actually um, we split it because I wanted to try it. I ended up giving him most of it, and it was so good. It was delicious. Yeah, it was awesome. I was shocked. It's very messy, though. It is it, very it goes messy. Everywhere. Yeah. It is very messy. It can get a bit soggy because the mac and cheese is kind of a little bit runny, but it's good. It's great. Yeah. Uh, We cut it in half. I ate my piece of it uh, with a fork and knife because I'm classy like that. (laughs) But then I gave the rest to Garrett. And did you end up trying it? I took a bite. What did you think? I don't don't think I could eat much of it, but I thought it was good. It's very greasy. It is greasy. One of the things that I would say, I was shocked at the quality of the bacon on that burger. Yeah, it was good. I expected it to be really chewy and soft, and it wasn't. It was like crispy, good bacon. Yep. So One thing I'll say about that burger, it is very American. (laughs) And that was close to July 4th, so. Yeah, that's true. It was appropriate. So if you got a chance to try that burger, I would really recommend it. If if you look at it and you're like, that looks good to me, do it, because it was good. Um, you tried the Greek salad, which you'd never had there before. Yeah, it was good. And it was a good Greek salad. It was. Yeah. yeah. It was very good. Fresh vegetables. The lettuce wasn't all gross or anything. Yeah. So I always appreciate when people uh, put out, you know, fresh lettuce. <laughs> yeah. Because so many restaurants don't pay attention. So yeah. So all nice. y'all all y'all out there sleeping on Cosmic Rays, you're missing out. There's some pretty good food over there. Plus, you got entertainment when Sunny Eclipse isn't MIA. Yeah, that so, was weird. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, we moved on from there and we went to Peter Pan because I did snag fast passes for Peter Pan that day. And we did that. And then we went from there and did the Tomorrowland Speedway because it's open again. And that was fine. I mean, it's still noisy and smelly the way it always was. Mm-hmm. But it's fun. It's fun. Garrett enjoys it. I think it's it's definitely one of those things that uh, kids enjoy more than the adults typically. Yeah, Garrett drove me around. That was cool. Yeah. You got to ride with Garrett again. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was a good time. And then we met up with McKenna. McKenna had split off to go meet up with a friend, but she met up with us and we did Winnie the Pooh. And that was our last Fast Pass. But one thing I wanted to say is this was something that was pretty cool. As we came out of Winnie the Pooh, the fireworks for Happily Ever After were happening. And I have never, ever been in Fantasyland when the nighttime fireworks were going off. This was the first time for me. Yeah, me too. I want to say while I was off with my friend yes. at the Villains After Hours party, if you're walking out of Tomorrowland, mm-hmm. there will be, like, it's later at night, though, like, almost, like, before the happily ever after fireworks is whenever I ran into the cast members, mm-hmm. but they had a pass holder sign, and if you are a pass holder and you ha- are going to the Villains After Hours party... Then they'll take you back this secret hallway mm-hmm. that has like stitch, um, you know, 
Stitch isn't in it, but there are criminal records mm-hmm. on like the walls. And then you get to go get a free ornament. Yeah. A pass holder villains after hours party ornament that McKenna, McKenna got. got one, yeah. We, we we did not. None of us. McKenna's the only one. Where did you say they that you saw them? So right outside like not outside, right at the across the bridge from Tomorrowland where that big rock is. Yeah. They're beside the, so it's in the uh Is it in the hub? Trader Mickey. Oh, uh Star Trader? Star Mickey Traders. Star Traders. Yeah. So that's where you get the ornament, but there's a hallway uh-huh. that is right where the TTA goes across. Yeah. Right there, there there would be a sign, and there would be people, and then they would take you through this hidden hallway, Yeah, and you're in Star Traders all of a sudden. So it was on the Tomorrowland side of the bridge, not on the hub side, right? Where um, you ran not where the, the purple wall is. Not where the purple wall is. The other, on the other side. But I'm saying, like, you crossed the bridge from the hub to Tomorrowland, and then yes. on the left yeah. was where you saw it. Okay, interesting. Yeah, we missed that entirely. Yeah, we did. Because we went that way, didn't we? I thought so. Yeah. Nobody yeah. stopped us to give us. No one told us there was an ornament to be had. Nope. We we were too distracted by the projections. We were. Yeah. Um, I didn't mention, before we got into the park, one of the things you do is you go check in. There's a special area to check in for people attending the party, and they, they scan your magic band to make sure you've got a ticket for the party, and then they put a wristband on you, which was a purple wristband, and that shows that you belong in the party. One of the criticisms we had about the after hours party that we went to previously was that we felt like there was no effort put out by cast members to clear out the people who weren't supposed to be at the party. And I don't mean to say riffraff, but riffraff, get the the riffraff out of there. They weren't supposed to be there after hours. And, and, and they weren't doing that when we were there for the after hours party. I think there were people like regular guests Mm -hmm. that were in the park until like 1130. Yeah. It was pretty late. Yeah. Um, as soon as the fireworks were over, there were cast members everywhere that were telling us like they wanted to see our wristbands because they were clearing people out mm-hmm. for the after hours party this time. So I don't know. I'm, you know, I've said in the past, I think Disney listens to this podcast. Maybe they did and they've heard that criticism and now they're making more effort to kind of get the crowds out. That being said, I felt like they sold a lot of tickets to this after hours party. They really did. It was very busy. And it was busy. The um, Snow White Mine Train. Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Yeah, that one. That never had less than a 45 minute wait. Yeah, it was still a long wait. Yeah, and I just wasn't willing to so do we that. So didn't, we didn't do it. Now, at the after hours party the last time we did, but it was like one of the last things we did. Yeah. You could basically wake You could basically walk on to anything else. Yeah. Everything else was basically walk on. So every, everyone was crowding around. Mine train. People were crowding around mine train. When we were in the hub to watch the Villains Unite the Night party, there were a lot of people in the hub. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that at most of the carts where they were giving out the included, the free popcorn, the ice cream, the drinks, there were significant lines yeah. to get the snacks. Yeah. Free snacks. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't as much as normal, though. Well... Maybe not, but and and if you if you knew like basically the good thing to do was if you saw a line at one of the carts where they were giving out the free stuff, just move on because there was probably another one coming up soon and maybe there wouldn't be a line. Yeah, and the other thing that they did, I guess they had so many people popping up at the carts that they weren't even putting the ice cream in the cooler, um, but 
my ice cream sandwich was pretty melty. Oh, was it? Yeah. But that's okay. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing we haven't talked about yet that I think we should are the um, two rides that were themed. Yeah. No, we're, we're getting there. I haven't quite gotten to that yet. Because okay. I, I got sidetracked from talking about the fireworks in Fantasyland. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. So we, we walk off Winnie the Pooh and the fireworks were just starting. And so we didn't stand and watch the whole thing. But what an interesting perspective to see the fireworks. So if you've only ever watched them from the hub, you're looking at Cinderella's castle. You could very easily kind of feel like the fireworks were being shot from Cinderella's castle. Obviously, they're not. They're being shot behind Fantasyland. So the big flower bloom kind of fireworks are being shot back behind the park. Mm -hmm. So you can stand there and you're looking. Your back is to Cinderella's castle and you're looking out towards the back of the park and there's the big ones. But there are fireworks that are being shot from the roofs of the buildings that are right there behind Cinderella's castle. So we were surrounded by fireworks. It was cool. You can still hear the soundtrack, which was really neat. And, there were, and it was cool. It was a really neat perspective. So if you've seen the projection, because I really do think for Happily Ever After, you need to see the projection to really enjoy it. Yeah. But I think if you've seen it, especially one or two times, yeah, go in Fantasyland. Because really... You could walk around. The crowds were kind of dispersed because most people are going to be in front of the castle. So we were able to kind of walk around, navigate, get different perspectives of it. And there really wasn't, it didn't feel like it was cramped or anything. It was neat. It was really cool. It was neat. Yeah. I highly suggest trying that once. It's pretty. Yeah. So now the party has begun. The cast members are clearing people out. We're having to show magic bands, the soundtracks for all the lands. Yeah. It's so great. Yeah. I I love the villain soundtrack yeah it was very cool so you're typically walking through like Frontierland or Adventureland and you've got that themed music but not during the after hours party it's it's evil sounding sinister music which was pretty neat mm-hmm. Garrett was really enjoying that I think that was one of your favorite aspects is just the new soundtrack everywhere yeah. and he likes the ones that have a lot of guitar going on in them <laughs> yeah there was like almost uh light metal yeah (laughs) it was really cool yeah it was it was very cool um and so we the first thing we did was we went on over and tried to hop on pirates of the caribbean we got there like right as so this is one of the rides as the special layover for the after hours event and the the addition is that they have live actors and you get to encounter two of them while you're in the line three there, two in the line. Two in the line, one oh, in the ride. Oh, two in the line. Yes. Yeah. Two in the line, and then once you're in the ride, there's a very special character playing Barbosa. I don't know. Was it two in the line? It seemed like there were a lot of pirates in the jail. He was, was moving only around. One per- so, in small spaces like that, um, you he was able to cover a lot of area because the windows, the bars were open yeah. at so many different places. Yeah. So we wrapped around kind of the jail area and he was hopping around between the different bars and he was yelling at people and it was funny. He was, he was having a good time with it. And then after we got like through all the dungeon kind of area of the queue, we start to make the turn to go to where you start to board the ships. And there was another pirate. It was a lady pirate and we had gotten Garrett a birthday button. We should say, um, to let people know because we knew that he would that people would celebrate with us and and he would get some special interactions and so this was like one of the first things that happened we round the corner garrett's wearing his birthday button and this pirate stops him 
because she saw mine that, that first said, I'm celebrating. She said, what are we celebrating? So I turned to Garrett and I said, well, it's his birthday. And she was like, and you chose to come here of all places. <laughs> yeah. I wish we would have taken a picture of them together because I think that she was really a lot of fun to hang out with. It would have been nice to have a picture. The picture, it would have been very good if we could have gotten a video of it. Yeah. Um, But that was really neat. Yeah, it was cool. So that was kind of the first uh, big advantage of Garrett having that button is that we did get some special kind of interactions, not just from cast members on the rides, but some of the characters and things. So that was cool. And uh, so then we ride, and Barbosa was hiding in the ride, yelling at people and yelling at Jack Sparrow, but also threatening our boat and stuff. It was awesome. He was very good. He was really good at being yeah. Barbosa. And the way that they did his makeup, he almost looked like he was an animatronic. He did. I agree. Yeah, they, they made him look almost like not human. Yeah. yeah. It was really crazy, but I was like, that's definitely a person. Yeah. But wow, his face looked crazy and he had the voice down he Mm -hmm. sounded like barbosa so that was pretty cool so we did that um and then we also the other ride that has the special overlay for the villains party of space mountain we did that too but in between we had a lot of special snacks yes oh yeah so um do you want to talk about some of the snacks we had or talk about space mountain first which one space mountain okay so space mountain the other ride with the special treatment for the party and Garrett was a bit nervous because we told him that instead of just being dark, Space Mountain was going to be pitch black for the entire ride. They turn every light off and then they put a special soundtrack that has like spooky sounds and villains making noises and talking and stuff like that. So Garrett was a bit nervous because that is kind of a scary thought to be in total darkness for the length of the ride. Yeah. And so, uh, but then we did it, and it wasn't as bad as you thought, right? You enjoyed it. No, I liked it. Yeah, it was fun. It wasn't as dark as I thought it would be. But it was dark. You couldn't see the track. No, couldn't see anything. And actually, when you're entering in, there's that tube with all the lights around it. That was completely off. Yeah, that goes... Yeah, so when we were... I was in the front. Yeah. And when we were going to where you typically would think you're about to break through mm-hmm. a door or something, like it flips around, and that's where the picture is. Yeah. And it, I, I didn't. I we was like, prepared. "Oh my god, <laughs> where <Yeah>. are we?" <laughs> um, instead of that music that goes crazy and it makes me stressed, it just sounded like constant noise, mm-hmm. like it a did. kind of static. It sounded like white noise. Mm-hmm. But I loved it. Yeah, it was great. I thought that it being in darkness was better because you. I prepare myself mm-hmm. for like turns and stuff, and I was just being thrown around. And it was awesome. <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing. It was great. It was really fun. Like you, there, you had no clue when a drop was coming, no clue when a turn or what direction you'd be going. Like it was that dark, you couldn't see anything. The only thing is. It's a little bit jerky on it Space jerky. Mountain. Yeah. And I was going over those humps in the very front, and it was just shocking the yeah. whole time. And it kind of jarred me a little bit. Yeah. I don't know, because yeah, I wasn't prepared for it. From the perspective of old people, it could be painful. Yeah. yeah be careful if your back hurts. Because you can't prepare for it. Yeah. But. I just I kind of have the track down in my mind. Hmm. Not really, like... I'm kind of prepared for a drop 
mostly because I'm always thinking there's going to be a drop. <laughs> and the turns are fine for me because I'm always in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, you rode in the very front, didn't you, Sam? Yeah, I did. Yeah. So. But there were little lights that you could see. I didn't notice any lights. The ones in the the roof and stuff. Yeah, I really didn't notice any lights. It was very dark. I think it was like maybe some kind of technology, but it was two glowing red dots at one point. Maybe a camera. Maybe a camera because it looked cool, though. Mm Mm-hmm. Looked like something was looking at me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that was pretty cool. All right. Why don't we start talking about some of the tasty treats? Yay, tasty treats. We tried a lot of different things. And there were some of these that we, when we saw them, we were like, oh, we definitely want to put that on the list. We didn't get to try everything because, of course, you know, there was free stuff. So why would you only get the stuff you pay for when there's free options? But we had some of these look too good not to try. So... Uh, maybe we should let's first talk about the uh, Zerg noodles Yay. and the Isma's llama potion. So Zerg noodles, tell us about them, McKenna. So the Zerg noodles were cold purple noodles that were spicy, and they had stuff like water chestnuts, snap peas, and peppers. I want to say in it, mm-hmm. it was very very good. I liked it. Wish that they had some sriracha for me to put on it though, yeah. because I, whenever I eat spicy things, I want to cry. <laughs> So I was hoping that it would be significantly spicy because they say they're spicy. But I understand why they're not because not everyone wants to cry when they yeah. eat food. <laughs> not everybody. Um, but I don't know. It was really good. I liked them. I liked the idea of cold food. Like mm-hmm. I like cold soups and I like cold noodles. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah, yep. it was pretty good. I, d- I liked it, too. I liked them, too. They're actually called intergalactic noodles. I keep calling them Zerg noodles because they're purple. Yeah, yeah, they look like Zerg noodles. Yeah, but they are intergalactic no- noodles. And then we got the Yzma's Llama Potion. And here's where another little piece of magic happened. Because we were only going to order one Llama Potion and one noodle. And after Garrett saw the Llama Potion come out, the one we ordered, he decided that he wanted one. So I was already there. I already ordered and already paid. And then Garrett was like, wait, I want to get one of those too. And the cast members heard him say that. Like they, like he was standing kind of away from the line. They heard him say that. And they were like, here you go, Garrett. And they just handed him one. So I was like, oh, okay. So I started pulling my card out again. They're like, no, 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 no. Happy birthday. So Yeah, it was so cool. A little piece of magic for Garrett. So what did you think, birthday boy, about Yzma's Llama Potion? It was awesome. What did it taste like? Uh, it tastes like strawberry. Yeah. Strawberry. It was really strawberry, but it was cool how it bubbled. It went in my nose. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so he got one and McKenna got one. Did you also enjoy it, the flavor? I did. It was really sweet. Mm -hmm. And whenever you would try to drink it, whenever the uh, dry ice was still in it, it would go up your nose and it burned. (laughs) Because it was like Sprite bubbling up your nose, too, with the dry ice smoke. Yeah, it's pretty neat the way they do this. So they give you a special... Uh, plastic cup that separates the dry ice in the bottom so you're not going to drink dry ice but once they pour the soda in there it starts bubbling all over the place yeah it's crazy smoking and bubbling and yeah it really looks like a science experiment and it was it was fun to drink it was really strawberry fanta it was just it was good though i think that's all it was was strawberry fanta (laughs) yeah that's all it was but it was fun um so another one we put on the list when we saw it was the dragon's breath float Yes. This was available. Oh, did I did I say 
that the intergalactic noodles and Yzma's llama potion, they came from the cool ship in Tomorrowland. So if you know where the, the all those um, misters are, if you head for the misters and the spaceship, that's where you can get the noodles and the potion. But Storybook Treats in Fantasyland has the Maleficent Cone, which we didn't try, but we did get the Dragon's Breath float. So what do we think about that one? Well, I loved it. It was um, good. It was lemon ice cream with um, cherry and Sprite, mm-hmm. and it had a candy, cherry candy, a piece on it, and two green cherries. Yeah. Did I do it right? Yeah. Awesome. That's what And it, it was my favorite. It I, was great. I loved it. It was very good. It was kind of tart. It was sweet. Mm-hmm. It was everything that I wanted from it. The candy was my favorite part of it. The red candy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you try that, Garrett? Did you try the Dragon's Breath? Nope. No? You missed out, man. It was very good. It was very, very good. Yeah. And this was something, again, this was something that that Lemon, McKenna could have because it wasn't chocolate. I mean Lemon. Lemon. Yeah. (laughs) Your new name is Lemon. So so that was awesome. And uh, that was another one of our special little treats that we decided to try. Um, McKenna had noticed that there were Hades nachos over in Adventureland at Tortura. Tortuga Cavern, which were, um, they were buffalo, buffalo chicken, chicken nachos. Mm-hmm. And that, weren't they like purple nachos? They um, were colored, they were weren't the they? bean. The bean nachos. They were, yeah, black, black bean, bean chips na- and yeah. chicken, buffalo chicken, and then cheese. Yeah, had nacho, nacho cheese. cheese. Nacho cheese. I didn't try them. How was it? Yes, you did. I tried a piece of the chicken, but I didn't try the nachos. I liked them. I, yeah. So... Was that spicy enough for you? No. <laughs> it wasn't very spicy. I had no. a bite, too. They were, It wasn't very spicy. I wish it was spicier. I'm going to keep saying that because, you know, that's going to be my my little I'm spicy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. <laughs> but they were good. They were really good. I liked them. Good. Did you try those? Garrett? I, did, I didn't. Garrett did not try I, this. I ate them. I didn't get the uh, memo that we were supposed to actually <laughs> eat. So I had um, popcorn at the Country Bear Jamboree. <laughs> and that was the only thing I had had that entire day, I yeah. think. And, and so you had the noodles, though. The noodles and the nachos. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the last thing we snagged, and this was on the way out, because we were trying to get out before the last stage show. And the we... We ended up not seeing the Maleficent Dragon, unfortunately. Yeah. Just the timing didn't work out for us. I, I feel I feel a little sad, like it was a missed opportunity, but my adult life interrupts my fun life. <laughs> well, we both had to work the next day. Yeah. And you earlier than me, so we were trying to get out before the crowd got out. Yeah, um, I, I was only going to get about three and a half, four hours of sleep. That so. being said, we left at like 105 is mm-hmm. when we were leaving the park. So it was after the party was officially over, but they do a Villains Unite the Night stage show at one o'clock mm-hmm. so you can actually do all the attractions have all the treats not worry about seeing the show until the party's over at one because the rides stop at one so you can go watch the show and then they do one more maleficent parade after the stage show's over so it's about one twenty. yeah so you can end up being in the park until one forty-five, two o'clock basically um but we headed out at one. But on the way out, we stopped by the Main Street Bakery on Main Street, USA, and we did get the not-so-poison apple cupcake, and we ended up bringing it home, so we didn't try it there. But I'll tell you, I mean, 
it was delicious eating it at home. Yeah, it, it was, was so good. That was my favorite thing out of everything we got. I would love to have it fresh because I bet it was even better. But the it's like a cinnamon, kind of an apple-y taste. But they, and they even have like little apple pieces in it. Yep. And the topping is kind of like cherry. And it's like a whipped icing. And it's it's kind of sweet and tart. And man, gosh, it was It was, it delicious. was really, really good. It yeah. was. It was very good. And I don't eat a lot of cake. So if I like it, that's saying something. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Did you all end up having a bite of that or not? I you did. Didn't. You did. Did you like it? Garrett? Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. It was tasty. I by the time we got home and it was like after two o'clock in the morning, uh <laughs> or close to it, I ended up eating half of it that night <laughs> after, after we got home because it was so good. Um so those were the treats we tried. There are some other things available we didn't try, like at Casey's Corner, they've got DeVille's treat. And uh, select menu items. You can get Hades nachos, like we mentioned. At Liberty Square, there's a Headless Horseman a brown key. And oh, that's, I can't have that. Yeah, at the Liberty Square popcorn cart. I love the Headless Horseman, <laughs> and I'm so sad. And then at Sleepy Hollow, you can get Dr. Facilier's tarot card tart and a drink from the other side. We didn't try those. That's my regret. I really wanted that tart um, because it's chocolate peanut butter. But I always get these things and I'm like, oh, I'm so excited. I'm going to try it. And then I only eat like a couple bites and give it to you anyway. But you get to try it. I do. I do. Why wouldn't they put the Headless Horseman treat in Sleepy Hollow? I don't know. Just spread it out, I guess. It's it's just over at the Liberty Square popcorn cart, which is not far away. So Yeah, but why wouldn't they put it in Sleepy Hollow? I don't know. Who doesn't make any sense? Hmm? Um, <laughs> last thing I wanted to talk about, and this was something I had been super excited about uh, after seeing videos from the very first party, was the Villains Unite the Night stage show right in the Castle Forecourt. And this show features Hades and Meg from Hercules, and they set this castle stage ablaze in an all-new stage show featuring appearances from Jafar, the Evil Queen, Dr. Facilier, and Maleficent. It was so good. You you didn't love it, Sam. I didn't hate it. But you didn't love it. It just took... It, it was long. Like it was long. It was. It's like 20 minutes. And they're so... I, I didn't hate it, and I did like it. I thought it was cool. I love the villains. I think they're so fun to watch. And the only thing is when they came out, you know, it was almost like um, a little parade of villains kind of thing. Like they come out, take their two minutes, and go back in, you know. And it was like... The the Lion King the mm-hmm. in um in Animal Kingdom they have like a stunt guy who does fire and mm-hmm. stuff like that like that guy puts fire on his feet mm-hmm. and he's twirling it real fast and it's going everywhere well the stunt people they had for this show I'm not sure if they were told they had to be careful and safe and slow on their twirls but it was very slow they didn't do tricks too much you know. Um, you feel like they played it safe with their stunts. For the Lion King, if they dropped it, it would go on the floor. And, and for that show, if they dropped it, it would go on the people. So. Not really. They had a whole stage. Yeah. Well, the sometimes the stunt people got pretty close. I mean, they wouldn't fall off, but they got pretty close. Well, either way, it was very safe and mm-hmm. almost like overly rehearsed or something, you know? Um, it, I, I don't 
don't know. It was very canned. And I like the villains, though. Maleficent's really awesome. Um, she's my favorite. She turns to a dragon, and I will... I will not during the stage show. No, not in the stage show, but in in the cartoon and stuff. And I will argue with anyone that she is the most uh, meanest villain. Yeah. <laughs> and I did actually that night. You did yeah. with some uh, Disney patrons yeah. and a cast member. <laughs> Cruella Deville kills puppies. <laughs> that yeah, is Cruella mean. Deville is evil. She kills yeah. puppies for fashion. Yeah. I get it. The epitome of evil. I get it, but Maleficent blows green fire that on people. That doesn't make her evil. That she, makes her a dragon. She's so cool. Well, that's an argument for another day. <laughs> I want to know what the kids thought about the stage show. I liked it. I liked the uh, stunt people. Um, McKenna liked <laughs> them for a different reason. Yes. Most of them weren't wearing Ooh. shirts. <laughs> 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 Um, and I think the rest of the younger ladies in the audience would agree with me. <laughs> they were on They board. were all going, what? Yeah, you can hear a, woo in the background. It's awesome. Um, but I like the DJ a lot. I yeah. know he wasn't part of the show, but I enjoyed his little hype performance yeah. before the show happened mm-hmm. because he played he played hits. Yeah. He, like party rockers. <laughs> awesome party, party rockers in the house tonight what they call rock? was his name dj spins or dj it was I something think it was like DJ that dj spinny spin or something dj like spinny spin something like that yeah but he was he beat. was really good yeah he was and he was jamming up there he could dance yeah garrett what's your thoughts on the stage show it was exactly how i look at the villains it was cheesy and funny yeah and they're not supposed to be scary or anything they're just funny yeah uh, and charming. Well, so I liked it a lot. Yeah, I thought it was fun. It didn't. It didn't disappoint me. There was some pretty cool pyro that was involved, and they did cool projections every time a new villain came out. They did a new projection the on the castle. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was cool. Which villain made the castle look the best? I liked Facilier's. Facilier's yeah, was, was cool. Maleficence was really neat. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, it didn't disappoint me. It just was really long. And I know. I'm not oh, trying to say it did. They had a lot of villains to show off. Yeah, I know. But it was just a little overly rehearsed. They should have gotten two guys to be, you know how there's that horse costume? Mm-hmm. There should be one that's Scar. <laughs> and they should put Scar in that That show. would be kind of weird. Yeah. That would be hilarious. Yeah. They could do Scar like they do Simba at the Festival of the Lion King oh, show. Oh, yeah. Have well, him come out on a on a float, float. basically. They could um, just have him be like a little costume like the people, like the humans in the Lion King show, though. Yeah, they, I guess they could do something like that. But it was it was very good. And uh, I will say, I yeah, I enjoyed it. I think that if I... If it, if it was a weekend or something, I would definitely recommend waiting until the one o'clock show. Watch yeah. that. Watch the last one, and then watch Maleficent, and then that's a good way to leave if you're not worried about getting home prior to three a.m. Um, but I enjoy. Like we saw the first one, and it it takes up a chunk of the party time, so it's something to think about. Yeah. Um, but don't go if you have to work the next day. <laughs> one of, one of the other things that we did was we did pick up a couple souvenirs, and before we got in there, we were talking about the special. Villains, villains, after hours party souvenirs, and we started asking, like, I wonder if somehow they ensure that 
you're like you've got to take it to the party before you can buy the souvenirs and it's true yeah they've got the villains even during like you could get the villain stuff while the park was still open but they had it roped off and they wanted to see your magic or not your magic band but your villains wristband before you could get into the roped area to see the stuff i mean you could see it anyway but before you could get close to it and then when you were buying it you had to show them your wristband so you could not buy any of the villain stuff without showing your wristband. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And yeah, we saw a lot of people trying to buy stuff. Yeah. And you just can't. You have to I'm pay pretty for sure, party. I'm pretty sure there was a woman who was trying to get the cast members to let her in because she said, I have my wristband. I just don't have it with me. She, yeah, she did say that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this stuff was really cool, though. It was. Justin, you got a shirt. I got a cool t-shirt. And Garrett, you got a, a really Tervis, cool Tervis Tumblr. Tumblr. Is awesome. Which yeah. is probably the best item of all the souvenirs is that Tervis Tumblr. Because the Hades icon that they made for this party is awesome. It really it's got, is. It's, it's like Hades' head, and you know, his, of course, his hair is made of fire. And then in the flames, you can see the other villains yeah. in the flames of his fire, which is pretty neat. It's really cool. Yeah. So, love it. It was a good pick. I know Sam and McKenna have regret because they wanted shirts and they didn't get them. Yeah, a little bit. So... But you got you got to remember you, you just got to get this stuff when you want it. I know, but I think at the time I just I don't know. I've got I've been buying so much from Disney for a while now. I'm like, do I really need another Disney show? Of course shirt? you do. The answer is always yes. I've been here since January. Let's not forget. <laughs> yeah. So what do you all think? Was this party worth the extra price because again, it's $130 per person to do the after hours party. Do you think it was worth it? Is it something you would do again? Or, you know, we had kind of said that the the first after hours party we did was a bit disappointing and we didn't feel like we got our money's worth. Even though we rode a lot of rides, it just, it wasn't maybe what we thought it was going to be. Yeah. This one's different because of all the extra villain stuff. So what do you think? McKenna, what do you think? Well, I don't know if I really should have an opinion on this because it's not like it's coming out of my pocket. <laughs> you have concept of money and budget. So. I Well... Yeah, I would. I think we got our... I I don't know. I wish we would have gotten more free stuff, but they sold a lot of tickets, yeah. and I think that was part of a problem. But what are they going to do? They're trying to make money. They're a company. Mm-hmm. You can't ever forget that Disney's still a corporation. Mm-hmm. So, it's true. I don't know. Um, yeah, I thought, I thought it was definitely worth it. I had a really good time, and I don't think I would go again just because we did... Almost everything, really. Mm-hmm. But I'd recommend it. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. What do you think, Sam? Oh, I think it was worth it because it was a good thing for Garrett's birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you live here locally, you know, it's a good thing for celebrating something. But uh, people on vacation, if they have the money and they want to do something like that, totally worth it instead of going to a park one day you know stay at your hotel swim and then do that for your night yeah and i think that's kind of cool it's a totally different experience you know mm-hmm. isn't um, that what we did for the first one it was yeah yeah we did but but that was different we it felt different that night than it did this time mm-hmm. um we've we were actually able to do stuff but they pushed people out of the parks plus 
we were on vacation when we did the after hours party and we could we were trying to do everything in a shorter amount of time yeah. you know so but this had a really cool special show and the treats were really neat getting free popcorn and ice cream doesn't ever yeah. hurt i probably drank more soda that night than i've ever and that was because it was free um but yeah. yeah, we experienced this one differently than we did the first after hours party because the first one that was our only time in the Magic Kingdom. So we were trying to squeeze all the riding in this time. We weren't so worried about the rides. We just rode the special ones. And otherwise we were doing treats and shows and stuff, which it, it made was, it. It was a different pace for us. I liked the energy in the park. I liked the villains music playing. I liked the projections that they did everywhere. Um I took some pictures of just, they make fun of me because I take some of these pictures and they're like, why are you taking a picture of that? But they had like a cool villains after hours party projection on the little tower by pirates of the Caribbean that I thought was cool. They had a Hades projection in Tomorrowland. Yeah. That pirates of the Caribbean picture you took, you stood in front of someone's photo pass picture to take a picture of it. And then you were like, Ooh, (laughs) the the pirates of the Caribbean sign. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, it was awesome. It was red. Yeah. It was so cool. They did have everything kind of lit up red and purple, and it, yeah. was, it was cool. And they had special photo pass experiences, mm-hmm. too, with Scar. Yeah. And they had Oogie Boogie at one. Yeah. I mean, it was cool, but we didn't get any of those. We Next didn't time do the photo passes, now. We go to a special event. We'll do something like that. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that's our review. So if you are, this was really kind of like a not so scary party, basically in August, in July mm-hmm. is essentially what they're doing because the not so scary party start in August. So these are going to go up until then, but it was a basically a way for them to kind of do that, but not say it's Halloween and people were dressed up. It's Halloween it is okay. Halloween starts January 1st. No, no because once Christmas is over. The other holidays don't matter as much as the big ones, like Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. So, it's Halloween until the end of October, and then it's Thanksgiving, and then it's Christmas, and then it's Halloween again. <laughs> All right. Well, Disney Halloween certainly does not take up that much time. Disney certainly agrees with you that Halloween goes way before we yes. ever get to the fall. So, um, but yeah, give it a try if you haven't already. Uh, I want to wrap up today's show with one more shout out for another one of our podcasting cousins out there. Um, This is a clip for Main Street Magic, a show hosted by our good friend Jeremy and Rhonda. And they sent us this little promo to play for you guys. So listen to this. What's up, Monday morning monorail listeners? This is Jeremy Stein from the Main Street Magic Podcast and the Diz Dudes, all part of the Capture the Magic Network. Our semi-local family has been visiting Walt Disney World for over 45 consecutive months, all with on-property stays, so we have seen, ate, rode, and done a whole lot that there is to offer. And as a network, we provide informative, realistic, unbiased, and what we all consider hilarious podcasts to help serve the Disney community for both veterans and rookies, including rumors and news around the parks, trip tips, discussions about rides, shows, food, and a whole lot more. You want to check us out? Just visit ctmpodcast.com for all of our shows. See y'all real soon. There you go. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I really like Rhonda and Jeremy, and they great. have a couple girls. They're, they're good kids. Yeah, they're great. 
I'm excited to be able to hang out with them very soon. I think they're coming into town in a couple of weeks. Yeah. So, yeah. So thanks for listening to us and our show. Tell your friends about us. Bring more people onto the monorail and make sure you're following our social media accounts. We are Morning Monorail on Twitter. We are Monday Morning Monorail everywhere else. Check out the YouTube if you want to see Landon and I do our M3 4Ds. You can stare at our ugly mugs while we talk about rides. And uh, Check out my YouTube channel. If you go to at King 2 you can find a link to it. It's harder to search for it. Yeah, so go to at King 2 on Twitter, and then Garrett's got a link in his bio. And you can check out his YouTube. Subscribe! And be our friends and interact with us. Oh, and oh, one more thing. We got an email, and I didn't even tell you guys because I was going to read it on the show. So we got an email this past week from one of our listeners. So I'm not going to say his last name, but we'll say James. Okay. Hi, James. James emailed us and he said, just recently discovered your podcast. Congratulations on making the move to being a Florida resident. We did it two years ago and love it. We live just behind the Magic Kingdom and can watch the fireworks each night from our front yard. To help with eating at Disney, we just bought Tables in Wonderland card and are looking forward to trying a lot more of the restaurants. We ate at Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar at Disney Springs for Father's Day, and it was great. It was the birthday of the actor that played Jock Lindsay in the first Indiana Jones movie, and he was very friendly and receptive to people coming by to meet him. So he was there, and oh, he cool. actually he actually sent me pictures of, uh, I think it's his wife in the picture, meeting Jock, the guy who played Jock Lindsay. So, that's really cool. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, James, that's awesome. Thanks for the email. Thanks for sharing the pictures. That's amazing. And uh, I love Jock Lindsay's. Yeah. That's one of my favorite places. We are a family looking for families that are local to hang out with. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, again, be like James. Send us emails. Tell us what you're doing in the parks. Tell us what what your experiences are. If you go to parties like Villains After Hours, we'd love your reviews. and, And just interact with us. That's all we ask. Yep. Yeah. So, thanks so much again for listening. Thanks for being part of the Monorail family. And we will talk to you again next week. Bye. See ya. Say la vie, I guess. I don't Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for riding with us today. We hope you enjoyed the journey and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Until then, we want to hear from you. Send us questions, comments, and suggestions on Twitter at Morning Monorail. Our email address is mondaymorningmonorail at gmail.com. You can also call our voicemail at 407-917-2144. As we approach the station, gather your belongings and please watch your step as you exit. (laughs) See y'all real soon.